This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Welcome to Business Executive Interviews, brought to you by Flevy.com. Improve the growth and efficiency of your organization by leveraging Flevy's library of business frameworks and analysis tools. For more information, visit Flevy.com. That's F-L-E-V-Y, Flevy.com. Our guest on this segment is John Rowe. He's a registered nurse, medical technologist, has a master's in adult education, and a lot of leadership experience as a manager, director, and vice president in sales, marketing, and operations. Interestingly, he's got an education in the technical aspects of healthcare. That includes training and education there. 15 years as a professional trainer and educator, in fact, and a lot of experience in project and product management. He's had uh, successful engagements with many companies and enterprises we've heard of, such as Thermo Fisher, Beckman Coulter, and Abbott Labs, as well as uh, various startups in the healthcare industry and market. Of course, he's a contributor to the Flevy.com platform. Let's welcome John Rowe. John, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, David. It's my pleasure to be speaking with you today and get the message out. Absolutely. Well, good to be with you. And uh, John, you sit in sort of an interesting intersection of training and what I'll call medical technology. Why did you choose training and education uh, to specialize? Um, I chose to work uh, most, to put most of my efforts with my passion, which is in training and education, uh, because training and education really is at the nexus of full commercialization. And that means having sales, marketing and operations working together, uh, actually getting out all the synergies that are in- inherently present. Training is the only place where they all meet. So this fascinating idea about the intersection, and I'm guessing there's almost a sequential cycle or an interplay or a dance between these disciplines, training, sales, and operations. Uh, and uh, if I've got it right, you are predominantly a consultant in terms of your life away from authoring documents for Flevy and uh, wherever, whatever else you're doing in terms of writing. Talk to us a little bit about your practice uh, and the consulting you do, and then we'll get into some of the other uh, talking points that we had planned for this segment. Sure. Uh, my background was in uh, 
marketing and sales and operations. And what I found was that when I was in marketing, it would be a real challenge to get our messaging across, to get our uh, tagline Hmm. across to the sales department, because they're the ones that are delivering it to the customer. And the only place that I really found that worked well at getting it out across to the sales force, the actual sales associates, was in training. And then the other side of that was that uh, in operations, there was a lack of understanding on the part of sales and marketing on what did operations actually do. And the only place that that really occurs is training. When you're training marketing people, when you're training salespeople, is where you have to train them to this is how our operations department works. Yeah. So there are great opportunities there. And then the other part of it is what I found was that um, sales department, the sales folks and the sales management uh, were sometimes uh, at odds with how marketing wanted something delivered. And again, it would be a function of training to get that issue resolved. So that's why training and education, it just makes so much sense to me that that's where I like to play. I like to play where the dragons fly. And that's where, and that's training and education. Well, the, you're, you're so right and you're, you're so insightful about this, uh, this cross communications between the different facets of any business operation because they're all mm-hmm. selling. And in fact, this, this story you tell about the marketing people not being able to understand or convey a tagline, how fascinating that it, it really, at the end of the day, the sales front end salespeople are the ones communicating with clients. So they're the ones that should drive that messaging. It's just an interesting nuance uh, amidst right. all of this. Nothing happens until there's a sale. Yeah. Nothing happens. The transaction uh, is everything. You've got to make money. If you don't have margin, you're out of business, and that's true for General Motors or the Roman Catholic Church. So you, you, you have to be successful and focused on that customer. John, as you walk into corporations, industry, enterprises today to consult with them, what are some of the bigger challenges that seem to trend or come up for you as you work with these groups? What uh, comes up on a regular basis is a uh, lack of understanding and decision-making. Oftentimes, decisions are being made based on hunches, personal experience, et cetera, rather than on data. And I'm a hard data believer. I'm a science-based organism. And in today's uh, environment, with all the technology, the data is there. You just have to get it. And then from there, you determine and make your decisions. And I think that sometimes it's a challenge for me to get that across. Uh, and that's where Flevy comes in, actually. I don't understand why anyone would waste. You're talking about people making a lot of money, wasting time, putting together PowerPoints and trying to put together PowerPoints with uh, flair, uh, with attraction. And they're wasting all that time. Whereas if you go to a, a service like Flevy, then you're able to pull down the uh, backbone of the PowerPoint and then you just customize it. And customizing an existing PowerPoint or Word document or Excel spreadsheet is so much easier and faster than trying to develop it from scratch. And that's one of the, one of the, one of the problems I face when I do consult, because I'll say to them, why are you wasting your time mm-hmm. doing things that you shouldn't be doing? You should be focusing on managing, marketing, sales, operations. 
not putting together pretty PowerPoints. And you certainly don't have to do that anymore with all the uh, products that are available to you. So interesting. The database piece that you talk to, do you find that that's native to certain size organizations or certain industries or certain uh, demographics or even um, generational groups within the enterprises you consult with? That's surprising, but the answer is no. Um, <laughs> right. One would think that maybe that you know certain organizations would be more inclined to the data-driven model, you know, like science businesses or medical devices or pharmaceuticals yeah. or, or IT companies. You would think that they would immediately get it, but they don't. And then as far as the generational thing, that is a continual source of humor for me because the, the assumption is that if you're young, then you like uh, technology and you adapt to it easily. And if you're old, you're a fuddy-duddy who wants to go back to quill and paper. Mm. And I simply have not found that. It's, it's across the board. You have people in all age groups that are embracing technology and seeking to have technology provide them better outcomes. And you have uh, young people who are resistant, who talk about, well, I like the way we used to do things. And I find that fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Part of this is about process. And the other part, which I think you were initially pointing to, was the tendency or behavioral biases where we make decisions based on gut and emotion rather than data. And that was, I think, Correct. maybe more core to your point, although uh, the process piece is, is also true. The adopting of technology. Uh, it, right. So from your observation, it doesn't seem to have any correlation to how old somebody is, for example. Nope. So uh, no, uh, no correlation to what kind of industry they're in or market. Wow. Um, and, and I just find that absolutely fascinating. I want to go back, John Rowe, to uh, the documents you're doing for Flevy. It sounds as though, if I've got it right, these are... Uh, oftentimes, if not always, PowerPoint templates. What kinds of information are they designed to convey? Uh, they're designed to be as complete as possible for the customer without knowing who the customer is, which is <laughs> not an easy task. <laughs> uh, let me give you an example of something that I produced. Perfect. Uh, we have what we call learning maps. And learning maps are often confused with job aids. They're, and they're, they're not. A learning map is how you engage the audience, the participants in a workshop in a systematic and process-driven way to make sure that they understand the key points of that training. So when I put together the learning map for sales, as an example, I have on it the various components necessary for a successful sale. And it's all on one page, and it can either be last century in paper or it can be current and electronic, you know, in your tablet. Mm -hmm. And you fill out the information as you figure it out, as, as it's presented to you, as you discuss it, as you workshop it. So the idea is, who is the customer? What are the basics information? You know, what are, who's the contact, the whole nine yards? And then it goes into why are they buying? What are they looking for? Why should they change? Why should they change now? And why should they buy your product? So it goes through the basics of that. And then there's spaces on it for things such as special deals that you're doing there, discounts, who the competition is, who are the key decision makers. So that by the time you're done with that workshop, you should have that learning map filled out and you now have a sales call. So it's really 
very literally a framework to begin the discussion, the exploration into what order the sequence of communication around so many of these points in this example, the sales piece for the company. It really gives them an outline that they can hang the specifics of their enterprise on. And they can use it over and over and over again. It's not one of the things about training and education is that oftentimes it's seen as an event. You know, we, we trained you on it. So therefore you should know it. Goodbye. Go forth and conquer. But reality is training and education is a process. So many times training forgets the part about you have to have reinforcement. People only remember about 30% after they get up and walk out of the room. So you need reinforcement. And then the other thing is not everybody gets everything at the same rate. So you have to have a process of remediation. And then you have to have a process for reviewing it. Because as a part of any training or uh, sale or anything, you have to have assessment. And the assessment is not just of the participant. The assessment has to be of the workshop and the facilitator as well. If 50% of the class fails a question, it's not the class's fault. It's the facilitator or it's the content's fault. So you have to have assessment that goes both ways. And if you build those three R's in at the beginning, it is very easy then to implement over the course of the next three months, six months, or a year. And that's another very important thing that I stress with customers. You have to assess it not just at the end of the program that day or that end of that webinar, but you have to assess it 30 days out, six months out, a year out. And, and I don't like it when I hear trainers especially saying that, well, you can't do an ROI on a training. Well, if you can't do an ROI, don't do it. If you can't measure it and if you can't prove value, why did you do it? You know, if you want just make people feel good, give them, you know, put them in a room and throw in a cat and a dog and have let them pet it. You want a training that is effective. And the way you know effectiveness, because I'm in the business world, is money. So somehow you have got to figure out a way, what was the impact of this? Did it save the company money? Did it make the company money? And if you can't produce that ROI, don't do it. We're visiting with John Rowe. He's with High Cap Consulting. You can reach him by email. That's John, J-O-H-N, dot Rowe, R-O-H-E, at highcap, H-Y-C-A-P dot org. And, of course, we'll have uh, his uh, email address in the show notes as well. There's this idea of the 10 years that have just passed. And and, uh, what would you say, being in this industry for a while now, John, uh, has had the greatest impact? What's changed or what's had the greatest impact in the last 10 years? The technology, the bringing in of technology, and also the change in attitude towards technology as instead of doing everything more, faster, more efficiently, there is now starting to be the concept of technology as a way to actually uh, enhance work-life balance. Mm. And I think those two things have been major changes. Not only do you embrace technology, but you embrace technologies that work for you. Whereas in the past, I think people people were going into technologies that had nothing to do or no value to them. Right. Just because it was the newest, shiniest thing. Yeah. And I think that now people are learning to know we're only going to use technology where it fits. And the other important thing of the selection of the technology is does it actually help my people achieve a better work-life balance. And that's where products like Flevy come in. 
just saves you time and gives you back part of your day. So instead of staying in the office till seven or eight o'clock at night, and I remember those days, uh, now you can get out of there at five or six. Yes. Uh, and, and that's important. That's critical because, you know, if, if you're, um, Branson says that uh, happy employees are long-term employees. Uh, happy, happy employees are happy customers. So it's important that you now uh, actually support work-life balance as opposed to what I think it used to be, which was just a nice phrase that every company put on their uh, website. Yeah. Uh, it's actually becoming an important thing. Yeah, well, I'll use the word uh, the words sensible integration of technology, which is my language. But mm-hmm. it sounds like what you're talking about. That's it great. started as a uh, shiny object, and then gradually we're integrating it in a way that makes sense, that serves a work life balance, makes us more efficient, and perhaps even though we're talking about technology, enhances the quality of our human contact in the world, which we need more of, yeah. by the way, in business and everywhere. Yes, so, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. <laughs> And I think that that is part of a, that's also an area of pushback I get when I deliver uh, or a proposal for a consult. There are some things that make no sense to do in person, and there are some things that make no sense doing them virtually. Yeah. Uh, webinars have their place. Um, you know, things, PowerPoints have their place. There are some things that require human touch. And then, as I said, there are things that there is no reason to bring in a group of people and 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 uh, kill them with PowerPoint. You know, just transferring knowledge. Everybody has uh, has has graduated from a university or a college that I work, so they know how to read a book and figure out and and absorb the knowledge. So why, in gosh darn, would you bring them in? And then have a, uh, the 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 clown on the stage just reading powerpoints to them. Uh, that just makes no sense. Knowledge transfer is very easily done electronically. Very easily. Skills are the challenge. It's very difficult to do skill training um, virtually. Um, I know Skype and that sort of thing has has made a dent into it, but for true. Um, fine skills i think you you need to be uh, in person yeah for the true transfer to occur in a, mm-hmm. in a holistic way right. I'll, I'll say and finally as we wind down this uh, segment john looking at the horizon what do you see as maybe the greatest changes that will be occurring over the next five years maybe the challenges or maybe good things but just give us your sense about it's sort of a crystal ball question i suppose I think that we're going to go, uh, and some companies have already started, going into the true concept of commercialization. Mm. Uh, commercialization, as I understand it, is where you truly integrate sales, marketing, and operations. So it's no longer siloed. It's actually fully integrated. So rather than having a marketing person sitting back in the home office, you know, that marketing person is actually out in the field and actually coming up with marketing schematics, programs, et cetera, on a, on a regular basis that are very extremely tailored to that geography. So I think that that's a part of it. You also will see better operational support coming into play. Uh, and that is what I see coming going forward. I think that you will see greater and greater integration and in going towards true commercialization. 
integration is the word, and I love that. And it's, what's remarkable is as you talk about that, that sounds like the, the plight of the solopreneur, right? They're actually doing all of these mm-hmm. three things, compartmentalizing them, and maybe we see less compartmentalization and more cross-pollination going forward, which is uh, a very positive uh, sort of uh, uh, outlook, I think, and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Especially for the huge corporations. Exactly, especially for the organizations where it's much more challenging to herd the cats into uh, a, a culture right. that'll do this. So, uh, well, you'll, I know that the work you're doing is going to help that perpetuate and bolster these uh, uh, attributes going forward. We've been visiting with John Rowe. He is a contributing author at Flevy.com. Of course, you can find his templates and frameworks there. His company is High Cap Consulting, and you can reach John, and we'll put this in the show notes as well, of course, at john.roe, that's R-O-H-E, at highcap, H-Y-C-A-P, dot org. John, we'll do it again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Business Executive Interviews, brought to you by Flevy.com. Improve the growth and efficiency of your organization by leveraging Flevy's library of business frameworks and analysis tools. Find them at Flevy.com. That's F-L-E-V-Y, Flevy.com. Remember, you can hear more interviews like these by subscribing to the Flevy.com channel on YouTube or the Business Executive Interviews podcast on iTunes. (music) 